is my uncle. He choked me to death. Whenever anybody says they're a little concerned, they're very concerned. So what? What's wrong with being sexy? <laughs> oh no! Seriously, the other day she said something. She's like, "I don't know. It's been a while since I've done that." And I was like, "What? <laughs> what? <It's fun. laughs> what? How long? What?" She's like, "What do you mean? What passage of and time has it been?" Doing it. And finally, yeah, and she finally goes, "It's been a while." And I was like, "Yes, I understand. It has been a while. <laughs> it has. It has." Hey, yeah, you, like you got coop. You got well, coop doing it. Well, welcome to 2021. That was a little uh, before the show flavor for you. Uh, my name is Joseph Frisch. I'm a writer, director, musician. Uh, blah blah blah. Hey, by the way, I'm gonna actually have two shows this this year. Pretty sure, unless uh, tragedy befalls. <laughs> Uh, June 24th, I will be at the uh, Jack, Ro Jack Russell Co., one of my favorite places to be, to play. Woo, woo, woo. So come out and see me, June 24th, y'all. That's a Friday. Um, June 24th. Yeah. <clears throat> anyway, uh, this is 20 and 21. Uh, with me, as almost always, is the learned man, a one, and a deuce. Uh, that's uh, the shark and uh, Doc Woolridge. What's going on, fellas? Hola, que tal? Mm. What's going on, man? <laughs> you could hear the uh, lozenge in my mouth. Um, the this lozenge is uh, trying to keep me uh, voice radio worthy. It's not doing a good job though. I have come down with a little spring fever, as the uh, old spring folks, fever old folks used to call it. I don't know if that's it's warm. True. But, uh, is it finally I, warm where you guys are I at? I am not feeling good. <clears throat> it's um, starting to warm up. It's, it's starting a little warm. to warm up. A little warm. Oh, I thought you meant the good spring fever. I didn't know you meant like the the bad the bad kind where you actually have a fever. No, no, I mean <laughs> uh, no, I mean that I am I am not feeling uh, a well. Uh, I am what's that? Uh, what they used to say there under uh, the weather. <laughs> but I have a hey, yeah. I have a little segment here to do. Yeah, what the hell does that even mean? Under the weather. You're I don't under understand that, weather. that phrase. That's a good one for us to uh, to dig deep in. Um, hey, though. Here we go, though. Uh, here's my old friend. This is a new segment uh, called uh, uh, Important Moments in LGBT uh, Community. And here's my old friend to talk about it, uh, Harvey Firestein. Hello, honeys. It's me, Harvey Firestein. In early morning hours of June 28th, police performed a raid in Stonewall Inn. You guys know about Stonewall. A New York City gay bar. The customers and the support took a stand, and it turned into a violent protest and led to days-long series of riots. Those Stonewall riots are largely considered the start of the LGBTQ civil rights movement in the United States. I'm Harvey Feierstein. You probably remember me as the only openly gay man in the 80s. Where's my parade? Anyway, this has been great moments in LGBT history with Harvey Feierstein. All right. That was that was cool. <laughs> Poignant. Well, that was, I mean, that was educational. I'm glad he did it. Do you guys remember Harvey? Yeah, I was yeah, I was holding my breath a little bit there after the introduction. I didn't know it was coming. <laughs> he would I know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, I think that was Robbie I think that was Robbie and I's uh silence like mm. speaking of Whoa, speaking of coming speaking of coming, I'm still here, honey. <laughs> Harvey's still here. You, you guys wanna talk about coming or what? Harvey Harvey uh, would Har Harvey, what was your favorite movie you did in the 80s? Oh, dear Lord. There's so many to choose from. Wasn't I in one of those Beverly Hills Cops movies? <laughs> I'll tell you my favorite thing I did. I guessed out on Cheers. Rebecca didn't know I was gay. Threw herself at me. Hilarious. <laughs> I remember... Tell me this. How many, how many roles did you have to compete... Uh... Uh, against Bruce Valanche for Bruce. Bruce is a wonderful writer. Couldn't act his way out of a wet paper sack, baby. Not he like got me. Plastered everywhere for not being able to. You're, you're right. He did. He just kind of get the. Uh, you would see him on Hollywood squares. 
you would see him answering funny funnies on Hollywood squares with all of those. But you barely ever saw it unless Whoopi Goldberg was involved. Whoopi gave him a lot of jobs, honey. That's it. That's it. I think the movie that I remember you for most is Independence Day. Oh, my God, honey. They had me playing a straight guy. I had a son. I couldn't hardly (laughs) bear to do it. But I did it. (laughs) Jeff, nobody believed it. My God. Now, you also might be confusing me with the guy from Empty Nest. (laughs) No, no, no. No, No, I know who you are. uh, Because it seemed like a strange casting choice to throw you in Independence Day. But you did great. I loved it. Will Smith was a real prick. Yeah. I'm not surprised. My favorite things to do, though, was to show up on TV sitcoms as a gay man and really throw off middle America in the 80s. <laughs> the showrunners. Yes, Ellen's got nothing on you, dude. The showrunners wanted to let him know they had a Hollywood agenda. And I was the only gay man willing to show his face in Hollywood. Where's my fucking parade, Ryan Seacrest? Hey, get a hold of Joe McHale. Ang- you're getting angry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I gotta go. My voice is hurting. See you, honeys, later. Adios. <laughs> later, man. Man, Harvey Firestein, gay icon. I, you know, I, I, we may be onto something there. Have our people get a hold of McHale's people. I think he'd probably put on a Harvey Firestein parade. He should really. He host that. I'm kind of yeah. with Harvey. Where is Harvey's break? Harvey was uh, Harvey was out there, man. Yeah, he was on the front line at a time. It was not a wise decision to be on the front line. He really was. He might be Harvey. Might be my first um, <clears throat> my first uh, look. What do you say there? Exposure to uh, gayness in the world. I think maybe. I'm sure. I don't know either. Either one of those two guys on that Balky show would probably qualify, wouldn't they? <laughs> I don't, I'm not sure if that's a good joke. <laughs> I don't. I don't <laughs> think they. Don't you remember? That, don't you remember what Bronson, was, was Bronson, the Yakov smear and Bronson Pinchot? Bronson Pinchot yeah. is a. I don't. Know, he's like a real estate agent, I think. No. What was the name of that show with Balky? Perfect Strangers. Perfect oh, that's Strangers. It. That's, that's, it. that's Perfect right. Perfect Strangers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cold Let's end the Cold War through roommates. <laughs> <laughs> it was because uh, Yakov Smirnoff, I think it was because Yakov Smirnoff was hot. I think it had something to do with it. In America, you watch TV. <laughs> In Russia, TV watch you. In America, big sign says, Welcome you, to everybody. America loves Smirnoff. <laughs> what a country. Uh, uh, yeah, I forgot that part. What a country. Uh, uh, Is this a, are you cutting into shark stand-up? I am. In America, you listen to radio. In Russia, radio listens to you. What a country. Wait a minute. Wait a minute, there for a minute, I thought it was the Count from uh, Sesame Street. <laughs> yeah, right. I can do a pretty mean Count, yeah, too. Let me tell you. Her Russian's pretty bad. <laughs> I'm Collective, just uh, collectively. I don't, I'm just like European right. bad guy. <laughs> right, exactly. It's, yeah, we're, uh, yeah, it's, it, if it wasn't already painfully obvious where we're from in the world, it just became so. And, uh, we are putting our, our idiotness on display to see. But, hey, we're reveling in it, and we're making fun of it, so it's okay. <laughs> hey, guys, you see what happened? <clears throat> oh, boy, I'm, my throat's killing me. Um, uh, we need to keep this up. If we keep this up, Conan just sold his podcast for $150 million. <laughs> I tell you what, I would trade ours for Yakov Smirnoff's theater in Branson. <laughs> <laughs> it's a nice joint. I'm not kidding you. It's on a big you, hill. It I looks very majestic. A, I could use a piece of 150 million dollars. Oh yeah. Um uh I I was kind of it bothered me <laughs> quite quite honestly. Um 
just because there's people in, in the podcast game that, you know, have great podcasts, been at it forever, um, probably have close to his, you know, number of listeners, but because they're not Conan O'Brien, they're not getting $150 million. They're, you know, getting <laughs> what they always say, got. I can see our... I can see our Facebook post now with uh, with four likes, two of which are uh, people who are related to us. It's like, you know, we sold our podcast for 20 bucks a canoe and a six-pack of homemade, homemade beer. <laughs> yeah, that's what we should have done. Because Conan O'Brien sold his for $150 million. In related news, 2021 yeah, right. sells theirs to not even a network. <laughs> Some guy the named Steve. Shark. Well. <laughs> Shark got a Dr. To De- Pepper. Hey, <laughs> I got... <laughs> WCE is still around. <laughs> hey, speaking of which, I ran into a guy at a show not too long ago, and uh, and he was with somebody, and so he was kind of like introduced and put on the spot. And, uh, and but, but the point was is that he was one of the guys who works for Dr. Pepper. And... Uh, so of course, you know, I took I leaned on him real hard and heavy. It's like, look, man, I'm not looking for cash. I just want product. That's all. I mean, you give me free Dr. Pepper, I'll wear the shirts, I'll do whatever you want. And I mean he didn't even find it amusing. I I think a grunt oh, no. was the response I got got out of him. So maybe I'll have oh. better luck with the W D forty people. I don't know. I sure hope well, so. Well, I tell you what, once we hit it big, baby, you find him and you show him what we've become <laughs> and what he could have had. <laughs> What's well, fine? You know, it's, he, it's fine product, and, and one one employee does not, you know, reflect, you know, the folks who work hard putting those twenty three chemicals in my caffeinated sugar water. Look, this guy may not know it, but we are huge in Belgium. Huge in Belgium. Uh, yeah, last week. That's true. That's true. Tens Sorry, of I'm going to never get tired of giving that singles reference <laughs> when Matt Dillon says that. Oh, uh, we're we're huge in Belgium. By the way, our uh, I thought our Russian Spinal spy version. I thought our Russian spy was gone. Guess what? Came back. <laughs> back. So oh, hello. they're never gone. Hello out there to our Russian spy. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. They're never gone. <laughs> well, I was going to ask you if you. Uh, I know. Oh, go ahead. No, what do you got? Do you do you think you know? I I'm so ignorant of Russian culture, like actual Russian culture, not any propaganda we're told about the people. Do you think the name Vladimir is like John here? Is that like a really common name? Yeah. I don't know. Our spy should get back to us about that. I don't want to uh, presume anything <laughs> about him. I'm just curious about that. Because any is. Russian it's I know name. is like Vladimir. You know yeah. what I mean? It's like... It's uh, just a Slavic uh, name. Okay. Okay. Hmm. Hmm. Okay. You know, think about, you know, Eastern Europe, Vlad the Impaler. It's, ah, yeah, Vlad is a, is yes. a common, common Slavic Name yes, Slavic. Okay. You that know, makes sense. I, I've sometimes yeah, I mean, like, got so my. So if you uh, run into some dude from you know the you know Eastern Russia, you wouldn't you wouldn't run into that. But yeah, European Russia, you will. Okay. Well, let us know, spy. We're we're anxious <laughs> to know, spy. Uh, Rob, did you finish? Uh, well, I know you didn't. I talked to you. Uh, you didn't finish. We own this city. Yep. No, I have two episodes left. I, I got on that Stranger Things binge, and I'm oh. also doing that thing, Eastwood, that you and I both know I do, yeah. where I don't like things to end, so I drag it out forever. Yeah. Well, so yeah, I'm kind of doing that. that, too. For the sake of the show, I, I, I went ahead I'm and... I'm finish uh, it this weekend. For the sake of the show, I went ahead and finished it last night. <clears throat> I didn't realize it until is, I started it that it was the finale. And, um, yeah, it was really is good. Is the final episode longer than normal? Yeah, a couple minutes, maybe couple minutes okay they uh refrained from doing their kind of traditional wire endings with of uh of montage of city it ended uh, yeah they did that with um they did that with two or three of their shows yeah they that's usually their thing and uh they didn't they did a very stark um uh, cyclical ending um, I'll, I'll wait for you to uh, to finish it. It's really yeah, good. My it's, guess is this was way too serious to. Uh, yes. You know what I mean? To, because they've they've gotten rid of some of their some of my favorite tropes that they do, and I mm-hmm. think it's because this is so I, deadly serious. I really wish everyone um, would watch it, uh, just because of how uh, eye opening it is uh, of a story, um, and. Um, Shocking, uh, but the whole last episode is pretty much from <clears throat> uh, Wayne Jenkins's 
uh, jail cell, like as he is getting ready for trial, essentially. Oh, okay. And it's a whole kind of recap of him, and uh, and uh, yeah, there's some really sad stuff going on in there, and um, it's a little ham-fisted. There, you know, I, I kind of appreciated it though, the ham-fistedness of they're really laying into like um, uh, Trump has been elected, and as soon as Jeff Sessions gets in power, all of all of our jobs will be gone. The, the civil rights workers. Yeah, they've made comment about that a couple times. Remember, she's like, as soon mm-hmm. as the Republicans take over the uh, civil I mean, rights they, cases, like, they are really, die. they really are laying into it in this last episode, and it's kind of uh, really sad to see um, the ramifications of all that. Uh, but anyway, <clears throat> yeah, it's a uh, it, uh, it's an eye opening show, and you know, the the kind of main takeaway was uh, uh, this has to be dismantled to be fixed. There's no uh, we've tried many of these things, but it's too uh, too broken and corrupt to ever be <laughs> fixed. It has to be you, okay. When rebuilt. you say when you say this, do you mean like gun culture, police culture? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Mostly the marriage of the two. Per, yeah, the marriage of the two, but mostly police culture is what they're talking about. The, they're, the main theme, I think, the main takeaway of the uh, the, the show was. Um, they did these change, these cha- whatever. They brought about, they compromised essentially of a change, and they're telling this uh, young man about it. And uh, he essentially says, um, the problem is they are hunting young black men. And you're showing me a piece of paper that says they're going to hunt them differently. It, that's not fixing the problem. The problem is that they're still hunting them. Much as, you know, much like uh, gun law, you can look at all these different uh, options of how you can fix a gun law. Well, the gun is still there if it is still fucking there. <laughs> the uh, the right. obvious solution is th- at the base, you know, then this, if you stop this one thing, then all these other things stop. Um, but yeah, yeah. I mean, to me, it's almost like you know, pulling weeds out of your garden. If you just rip the top of the weed off, the weed's still there and rooted in. It's Need still gonna keep growing. Yeah, you, gotta, you, gotta, you know what I mean. You got a hoe, man. You got to get that hoe. Got to get that hoe in your hand. Got to get that. That's right. You got to nip in the bud. You got to get that hoe by the handlebars. And you got to ride that hoe in that garden. <laughs> got to ride that hoe in that garden and get them weeds out, yo. That's what I. That's what I like to say. <laughs> that, that's how you like to talk about it. That's what I like to do. Terms, um, yeah, yeah. Well, my voice is hurting. Um, you guys uh, don't spoil it too much for me. I will eventually watch it. I just didn't want to give uh, Netflix the satisfaction of watching it on its opening weekend. Hey, now let's not shit on them yet. We're still hoping to get a contract out of these people. <laughs> so, but you guys watched. Uh, you guys watched hey, the new Stranger Things. What, what's what, how do you what do you think? What's going on? And Robbie's Start right. Convince if me here. I'm going to be one of those a- internet a holes. Convince me to watch it. <laughs> if Netflix is if Netflix's stock price gets low enough, there's a good chance we get a development deal, boys. So I mean, really though, they are they <laughs> are not hemorrhaging, over. boys. They are not. It's not looking good. Which no, is why not. I think this was supposed to be the final season of Stranger Things, mm-hmm. and now there's another season they're going to do. Well, they're doing this. It's, no. I, I don't know if that was. No, no, they're no, doing no, this no. two part thing. I mean, yeah, they did that with Ozark. They did it with. No, 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 no. This is season four, and they're dividing it over two parts. Yeah. But yeah. if you look, there's a season five that they're going to do. Oh, oh I didn't okay. know that. Oh, okay. I had no yes. idea. Oh, I thought let you were just talking about the two parts of four. I thought it was just two parts. Well, let me make sure. And I'll, so I'll go ahead and, and throw this out there to Eastwood. I, I, here's here's the reason to convince you as an individual. Let's do to it. Watch Let's hear it. it. So you know me. I'm not a horror genre fan in any way, shape, or form. That's and right. The first three yeah. seasons, you know, I enjoyed because it, it yeah, it, it, there was horror, but it was m- a lot of sci-fi, and there was enough callback and enough story. The characters yeah. were good. Enough. You know, 80s, now uh, I'm nostalgia. invested in the characters. Yeah. Sure, sure. You know, I'm invested in the story now. I'm invested in the characters. So they've done this genre shift, which if the first season was like this, I don't think I would have been able to get into it because it's taken a hard turn into a, it, it's a horror movie. Um, and the episodes are almost movie length um, episodes. I mean, you're, you're getting 70, 80, 90 minute ep, you know, episodes. Okay. So mm-hmm. basically you're getting, you're getting many horror movies in each thing. And 
you've got, uh, well, I mean, it's out there everywhere. I'm, I'd be surprised if it hadn't been spoiled for you, but one of those big stars comes back and plays a role in, um, and it's, you know, like, well, yeah, of course, why wouldn't you get that guy? It's perfect for what you're doing here. Sure. Um, All right. So, yeah, I, this this is a different, this, this is a different feel. It's a different... Everything. It, it's much more up well, your alley uh, and, and much less up mine. <laughs> well, and I'll give you an example. No, Eastwood, I'll give you, you an example. Do you still enjoy it, though, Jeff, even if it's not? Even if it I, I, I do because, like I said, I'm invested in the story mm-hmm. and the characters, and, and in particular, Steve. I'm a Steve fan. I mean, frankly, you know, hey, give give Steve a bat with nails and send everybody home. Yeah. I want, yeah, I want. Steve. <laughs> I love what they did with Steve because they introduced him, and he's like, man, he's he's the '80s rich kid, you know, douchey guy. And he's going to play that part, and but but he wasn't, and then he turned into this, you know. And so, yeah, Steve, I'm a Steve fan. Uh, All he's, right, but <clears throat> he's up there with Johnny Knoxville for me. I got a serious Whoa. man crush on him. Hey, yeah, I mean, I'll give you an example. Eastwood, one of the <clears throat> first major kills in the movie, major um, kill. In the show. I can't see Ta- <laughs> my throat. <laughs> <off. laughs> Be sure and come uh, here, Eastwood, at uh, Jack Russell Fish Company. I forgot my throat <laughs> shot today. <laughs> It, t- it takes place on a ceiling, and it's a straight-up homage to Nightmare on Elm Street. Oh, absolutely. I mean, straight up. It is yeah. straight-up Nightmare on Elm Street. Okay. And there's a couple of those that drop, and you know, and then, of course, some other stuff. But, yeah, I mean, like, they're really, I think, moving into what the horror was like at that time. Yeah, yeah. It's it's an 80s horror movie. I mean, it's, yeah. All right. And it's well, good. That's more. That makes me more likely to watch it uh <laughs> Uh, sometime. Yeah, and also Eastwood, I think I told you this the other night at the party, mm-hmm. the, it's it's three narratives woven together and I thought they did a good job of keeping three oh. parallel stories going at the same time. Oh, a little intercut, hey? I like a good intercut. You know I do. Um, I, I want to get to something which makes me want to get to something else before it, which will lead me into it. <laughs> um, and that is uh, a little segment <laughs> called Stand Up for Shark. Um, yeah, yeah, he, Shark's got an extra long uh, stand-up. <coughs> I didn't realize it until uh, hey until uh, uh, until I sent it to him. So um, I want to get to it because then it will lead into uh, something else. Uh, I apologize uh, if it's extra long, Shark. Uh. <laughs> oh, no apologies to me. I was feeling bad for you. I, I still feel bad that you had to cut and paste that much stuff. Uh, I mean, even if you weren't typing, even if it was just cutting and pasting, that's a lot, man. Well, it was just one, but then the, uh, the whole sending in the message was the flaw. I should have just emailed it. <laughs> <laughs> About the third one, it's like, you know, yeah. I could have. Yeah, it then occurred to me, oh, shoot, there's another way to do this. My roost is way. back up, so you can send pigeons again. Oh, your roost? Uh, oh, man, speaking yeah. of roost, we are having a heck of a time here at the house. It's time for some real-life real, uh, real uh, Eastwood information here. <laughs> we got this rooster, right? And uh, he's very used. Yeah, they come <laughs> to snuff the rooster. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> See, I can sing that because it doesn't really. Nah, I'm not going to shit on Lane Staley. Um, Got my pills, gets mosquito <laughs> death. And, and you guys are making breathe. fun I'm of sorry, Vince go Neil. Mow! <laughs> 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 Big Mac, 103 mile. <laughs> Meow. What does it keep saying? Honk, my honk. My honk. My honk. <laughs> my honk. <laughs> I should probably put the link back to that. <laughs> this episode again. It never gets old. No, it does not. Um, uh, but yeah, uh, I forgot what we were talking about. It was something about the stand-up uh, <laughs> being long yes. that, I, uh, uh, that I sent you. Yeah, so I guess without any further... Adieu. Um, here we go. Here's a little. Uh, we do a little stand up for Shark. This is where Shark covers a uh, stand up comedian. And uh, uh, Rob can uh, guess who that stand up comedian is. You got a whole lot of time <laughs> okay. to guess on this one. All right, here we go. Hey, everybody. <laughs> wait a while. Ladies and gentlemen, <clears throat> put your hands together for the Shark. Hey, hey, thanks, folks. Thanks, thanks. So, you know, sex to me, first off, I'm an old man, you know. I'm like uh, three score and 12 or something like that. 
I'm trying to get score going again. I feel the Lincoln, uh, when he thought that up, he thought he was going to go like, you know what I mean? Like, his wife was like, why don't you just say 87? He's like, why don't you just shut the fuck up? (laughs) (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Last I checked, I was the order in the family, and you were a fucking insane lady. (laughs) That's a quality fucking joke right there. Oh, man. When I say four score and seven, believe me, score is going to catch on big time. But it never did. Here's another little presidential thing. You know, there's a story about George Washington, and they say, oh, he chopped down a cherry tree when he was a little child. When his parents came home, they said, who chopped down the cherry tree? And little George said, it was I who chopped down the cherry tree. I cannot tell a lie. And you go, wow, what a great story. But then you think about it a little bit, right? Imagine if you drove home to your house, and you get there, and you go, hey, what the fuck happened to the other cherry tree? Did somebody chop it down or something? And then you go inside, and there's your child with an axe. So you go... What the hell happened there? It happened to the cherry tree. And then he goes, I chopped down the cherry tree. I could not tell a lie. And then you go, okay, the first part of what you said, it bothers me a lot. Second part of what you said scares the fuck out of me. <laughs> I mean, like, you, you can't actually tell a lie. You're incapable of lying. That would scare me. <laughs> oh, but, you know, I don't... I don't I don't drink, so I'm no good at parties, and uh, for the, mostly for that reason. And drugs, I don't do them. Um, I used to when I was a boy. When I was young, I'd do anything, you know. Uh, LSD, that was about the strongest drug I ever did. Uh, acid. I don't know if you've ever done acid, but uh, when I was young, they would tell me, you've got to be careful that acid on account of uh, <laughs> you can do it and then have a flashback. Like, 10 years could pass, 20 years could pass, and then you get a flashback. So I thought... Well, you know, that sounds like a good deal, you know. I went to my drug dealer, Frank. <laughs> I said, Frank, is there a drug on the market where I pay you $5, take the drug, I get high, and then 20 years later I get high again? <laughs> and he said, yeah. Yeah. And I, th- <clears throat> and I think of myself as somebody who's good at stretching his drug dollar. But the point of the whole thing is for me to tell you, for you young folk, that it's not, it's not true at all. Because, you know, because I have not done LSD since I was a teenager. Ten years have passed, twenty years have passed, sadly thirty years have passed, and still no flash. What a chip that turned out to be. <laughs> Just more horse shit by the big acid companies, if you ask me. <laughs> I don't want to get too political, but if you think big acid cares about you, the little guy... They care about their third quarter, third quarter profits. That's what they care about. <laughs> Big acid. Big acid. Okay. <laughs> they care about their third quarter. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, so I came here from uh, Las Vegas, Nevada, and uh, when I was in the air, uh, you know, where do airplanes go from? Uh, airports. I was in the airport, and uh, <laughs> guys were asking me for my ID, and it occurred to me that ID is a strange abbreviation because... I is short for ID, and, you know, like, I is short for I, and then D is short for identification. So it seems to kind of feel like D's doing most of the legwork on that one. (laughs) But, you know, Vegas was cool. You got a model out there in Vegas. Uh, They got their own slogan for the city. It says, what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas, which is not true. You know, you can't just kill a guy and then leave, you know, they'll follow you and they'll find you and bring you back and try you in front of a jury of your peers. So I thought, what does it mean anyways, you know, and I ruminated about it days and days and nights, sleepless weeks became sleepless, more weeks, and it finally occurred to me, it was so simple, it was right in front of my face the entire time, whatever happens in Vegas stays in Vegas, all it really means is you can go to Vegas, you can have sex with a prostitute, and she will not tell your wife. They're very discreet. <laughs> the Las Vegas prostitutes, you know, not like these gossipy small town whores back where you live, you know. Just fucking blabbermouths down at the beauty parlor with that pale blue thing over their head, whatever the fuck it is. Oh, you're Margie Majorson. You're Neil's wife. Well, by God, I took a shit on him last night in exchange for cash. Nice fella. <laughs> Oh, my. (laughs) Vegetarians, man. You know, my friend's a vegetarian. (laughs) Have you ever been wrong and you suddenly realize, you know, like, because she, all her arguments are right about vegetarianism. She'll go like, how can you kill an animal when you can't, can get the same from the grass in the field? It makes no sense. And then I go, I like pork. (laughs) 
So, of course, she's right and I'm wrong. And it's weird, you know, when you realize you've been wrong about everything that you've ever believed about vegetarianism. Not everything. I mean, imagine if you woke up and you realized you were wrong about everything. You just woke up and you go, God damn, I've been wrong about every single thing I've ever believed. <laughs> then it's time to go down to the rope store, in my opinion, because, <laughs> you know, it's not going to get any better. <laughs> go to the rope store. That's my suggestion to you. And get a hunk of rope about that, yeah, about this big, and then go to the rickety stool store. <laughs> and listen, it's no coincidence <laughs> that the rope store and the rickety stool store are always right beside each other, right? I don't want to get any political or anything like that. <clears throat> but when people commit suicide, no one ever understands. You know what I mean? People commit suicide, and people go, I don't understand why. And I go, you don't? What, you want to live in a cotton candy house or something? What the fuck? You don't know about life? How it only disappoints and gets worse and worse until it ends in a catastrophe? What the fuck? Then there's two reasons guys will hang themselves from the neck. One is, like we said, to escape this worthless masquerade of a life we pretend to have. And the second reason is... <laughs> and the second reason we hang ourselves from the neck is to whack off. <laughs> These guys, I don't understand it. It's called autoerotic asphyxiation. It's a big fancy word, but it's a filthy thing. <laughs> and this is my problem with it. The risk-reward, you know, it, it's not good. And I know the reward because I read about it. Apparently by cutting off the oxygen or something like that, you can increase your orgasm until it's one and a half times as powerful as the one you had the Thursday before last. <laughs> I mean, is it really that important? I mean, we have a lot of things in this country, you know. It's raining in the forest. There's all kinds of shit we got to think about, let alone whacking off. That's our big problem. But the risk, good Lord. People always wonder what happens to you after you die. No one knows, you know. People pretend to know, but no one hap knows what happens after you die. But I know what happens right after you die. I know what happens directly after you die. You are found, and this is where it gets tricky. <laughs> and it's always by a loved one, you know, and you don't want your son walking in going, ah, what the fuck? What the fuck is that? What kind of, huh? And that's how you'll be remembered forever, you know? It doesn't matter what else you accomplish in your life. See, people are under the misapprehension that their life is like a motion picture that will be remembered as such. But it's not. It's just a photograph, you know? It's still a photograph. And that's unfortunately how it is. But, you know, like... If you think your son will remember you as I remember my dad took me to Disneyland in the blistering heat and by God he stood in line to get Mickey Mouse's autograph. It took him two hours. It was for me. He knew it wasn't a real Mickey Mouse. He had to have. It wasn't an unemployed college kid. And yet he stayed. Stayed for me. Dad, he had two jobs. You know, to put food on my plate. My brothers, my mom's, two jobs. And I remember one time, I'll never forget it, he came home late at night. I was in bed pretending to be asleep. and I, But I wasn't. And he came in and he was very quiet. And he came up to me and he kissed me on that area between my um, my forehead and the bridge of my nose. Uh, he kissed me right there, and he said quietly so as not to wake me, I love you, son. And then he left. And the next day, I wanted to say something to him at the breakfast table, but he was already out. He was driving. That was his second job. But my God, my dad. Anyways, they don't remember that at all. All they remember is, ah, rope around the neck with your dick in your hand. Thank you. That's my time. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, stand up for Shark. Wow. <laughs> what, 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 <laughs> thoughts of by either one of you? Uh, oh. There were times I thought Norm, mm. Mm -hmm. but I don't oh, think it's that's Norm. that's interesting. I don't yeah, think I, it is. So my problem is Norm wouldn't have been that old, I wouldn't think. Well, I, he, he would have played he he play himself a lot, He though, often like likes that. to he call old, himself an old man, old chunk of coal. Yeah, yeah. Himself. It was, in fact, it, Norm MacDonald. Yeah, that was Norm. It was it? Yeah, that was Norm. That was from his... Nice. Uh, well Netflix done, Shark. That was from his Netflix special, uh, Hitler's Dog, is what it's called. <laughs> <laughs> the only reason that I didn't go full-on Norm is, uh, is there were no jokes in there that, like... You know, normally, like him and Godfrey and those guys will throw a few. You've heard this joke a thousand fucking times. Yeah. I'm going to tell it to you again. Mm -hmm. You know, jokes. Um, if one of those had been yeah. there, that that would have tipped it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, nope the uh, the the autoerotic asphyxiation was probably the, the telltale <laughs> for me. The, if I had Lincoln, known. The, the Lincoln Lincoln joke right out of the gate, I thought yeah. it was Norm, and then and then the auto, yeah, the, yeah, the Lincoln the joke end. is the Lincoln joke is pretty solid opener. Well, That's so a good, there was that was a, few a good times, joke. You know how you said I don't want to get political? Yeah, yeah. Um, Don Don Rickles used to kind of do that too. He'd say oh, something, yeah. you know, kind of like raunchy, and he'd be like, "No, I don't want to get political," and then he'd do it again, you know. So I was like, "Well, old guy." 
little raunchy uh, is this Rickles? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, it, then as it went on, I'm like, ah, it's not Rickles. No, so. it's too much material. Way no, too smartly, well uh, way too smartly written for Rickles. Not enough insults in there. Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, and me. Rickles is like rapid fire yeah. jokes. You know yeah. what I mean? This had some pacing to well, it. Well, uh, I wanted to do Norm because I don't know if you guys saw this, but he, um, when he knew he was dying, he recorded. Um, yep. It was during the pandemic, so he couldn't do it live anywhere. So he just recorded his special at home uh, in one take, apparently. Uh, and it's on Netflix, and <clears throat> apparently it's kind of, I don't know if it's intercut or if it's just at the end, but then there's other comedians and uh, people that knew him kind of talking about both the special, the stand-up, and about him a little bit. Um, I haven't watched it yet. I'm a little uh, hesitant <laughs> to watch it, uh, just because I know it's his last stand-up, and uh, it's going to be so odd because there's no crowd. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, it's just him and, his, yeah. him and his living room. So... Watching someone do stand-up with no crowd uh, um, is very different. You're not you're used to those kind of cues. However, I listen to his podcast a lot, and I listen to so many podcasts that I think I'll be just fine <laughs> without a crowd. <clears throat> but uh, I am anxious to watch it, and I'm also a little bit reluctant to watch it uh, at the same time. So uh, I don't know. I will uh, soon enough. But yes, that was uh, about the I, great. I'm definitely going to watch it. Definitely. I definitely recommend the Hitler's Dog, which was his, uh, I guess, now second to last. So uh, I'm, I'm, I might rewatch it and then watch this one. Um, uh, yeah, I'm probably going to watch it as soon. Hey, you guys watched something I didn't get to watch because I didn't, much like Stranger Things, I didn't want to give them my money yet. Um, you guys, though, went out to see Top Gun Maverick. Have we talked about it? Oh, on, we did. On air? I don't think we have. Danger Zone! <laughs> I, don't, no, I don't think we did. Yeah, no, I don't think so. I think it was uh, right after we did our last show. <laughs> I feel like you went to see it. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, it, I, way better than I expected. Uh, yeah. Yes. You know, if you go back several episodes, you'll hear me kind of really hacking on the first on the one first because one. I had gone back and rewatched it, and you know, the first one was one of those you know movies that, you know, like <clears throat> your memory of it is good because it was a good time in your life, but yeah. you know what it actually is and your memory of it are two different things. Mm-hmm. And so rewatching that first one, it's like, oh my gosh, that that doesn't hold up at all. You know, the mm-hmm. the dogfight scenes are cool, but the rest of it's like, God, I don't want to see any of that. Um, right. And so I had pretty much decided not to go see it. Then the rave reviews came out, and and mm-hmm. we'll have that discussion as well. But just seeing those kind of was like, well, maybe you know, maybe it, you know, maybe there's something more to it. You know, maybe it's sure. okay. Then just by chance, we had some time open up, and it was like, all right, it's raining. Let's go see this movie. So glad we did. I'm not willing to give it a rave review, um, but on the other hand, way better than what I expected it to be. Um, Tom Cruise is not near near as you know Tom Cruisey as <laughs> as he could be in it. Um, now, does he, he uh, poorly sing? Does he poorly no. sing a song? Okay, that's no. good. I hated no, that no, part. No, no, right, There's, there, no. There's no. I thought they put enough of the original movie in um, without overdoing it. Um, I mean, there's there's plenty of, and it's not necessarily callback even. Um, you, you know, mm-hmm. it, it's it's using the same soundtrack and things like that. I mean, it's your build. It's it's they're building tension with with a lot of the same same mechanisms, yeah. which were good mechanisms. Um, sure, but <laughs> frankly, the it, it's as far as what you see on the screen. It's visually just stunning. Um, it's you, you can't look away from yeah. it. Yeah. No, and I, I think like, and I, wow. I, I said this, you know, a couple times that that third act is unreal good. I mean, because it's just, um, yeah, it's it's so intense. It's just completely the flight stuff. And as we know, <laughs> there's little to no CGI or anything like this. This stuff was shot. You know, the uh, I was reading about this. They had to. While they were in the cockpits, the actors they had to turn their recorders on and off, you know, and like re, you know, like they they were really having to do more than just fly and react, um, okay. which I thought was pretty cool. Um, 
Well, I did hear a funny real, thing this real morning. Real quickly, let me just interject this real yeah. fast, Rob. Not on Top yeah. Gun, but another reason for Eastwood to watch the next season of Stranger Things, <laughs> the uh, the monster villain bad thing uh-huh. is almost all practical effects. He's not a CGI guy. Yes. That's cool. Yes. Yes, that's true. Yeah. That is true. So, back um, to my Well, if they wanted to do yeah, 80s, no, the only, it couldn't um, be CG because it would, yeah. yeah. Right. Uh, one of the... the so I, I I'm with Shark. They had I, I I'm with Shark. I don't know. Do you call it callbacks? Whatever, illusions. I guess is the literary snob way of saying it. But there was one that really bothered me that I felt was really ham fisted in. Uh-oh. Did um, you? Yeah, yeah. There was one that just. And it's like I don't know. Do I say it on here? I mean, it's not ruining a major plot point, but I mean. Hmm. Um, do I, I say care. it or not, Eastwood? This I is your care. call. I don't care. Go for it. We're talking about Top okay, Gun here. Okay, so at one point, um, Maverick is at the bar they all hang out at, and and Maverick, all the young of course, pilots come Maverick, in. of course, was uh, uh, what's his name, and then Mel Gibson, uh, Tom Cruise, Mel Kip, Mel Gibson took over the role. Uh, from him. James Garner. James oh, Garner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. James Garner. Yeah. James Garner um, and Mel Gibson. This is the newest incarnation. All right. So for for reasons that don't really matter, Maverick gets kicked out of the bar. That's my Maverick. And and when he comes back to look through the window, um, Goose's son is sitting there playing great balls of fire, just oh, like his dad. Boy. Oh. And I'm like, look, man, that kid, that kid died when like his dad was, or the kid was like three when his yeah. dad dies. He has no memory of his dad playing great balls yeah. of fire. It's in his um, blood, Robbie. It just, <laughs> it's in his blood. Yeah, exactly. It was just so <laughs> ham fisted in there for me. I don't know. Well, it Sharp, sounds like to me they solved. Yeah, uh, sounds like they solved the old classic nature versus nurture to me. Sounds like it's nature all the way. <laughs> well, yeah, I think Jerry Lee was running in their veins. I didn't find it so so ham. I, I know what you watching the scene. Yeah, it, it felt like, uh. but later once you kind of figure out what their relationship is between Maverick and Goose's son, and what Maverick's yes. done, and why he's done it, and what his motivations yes. are, and right. his own personal point in, in his life, and what he does and doesn't have. It I, the scene I I thought I think fits in the overall context, but I do agree with you that watch like when you first see it, it's kind of like oh crap, okay. And so what you know what's next? Are we tapping well, on shoulders? And I know. Saying yeah. love and feeling. I tell and, you, yeah. I tell yes. you why I always loved Maverick is uh, he would always make you think he was losing. He would uh, he he put on a real show <laughs> yeah. like he was he was going down. He wouldn't have any of the cards. He'd always be bluffing. And you'd think, oh, I got this squirmy little milk toast son of a gun. And then he'd pull out the old dead man's hand. He'd pull out the maces, baby. <laughs> aces, well, baby. He's still, I mean, he's still, he's still the same old Maverick. <clears throat> but this time, this time he's the, he's the old, uh, the old wise. Let's walk down and fuck them all, Maverick. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hey, uh, just quick note. My son is a big, uh, become a Motorhead fan, and. Uh, <laughs> Nice. I'm, I'm not sure uh, what other people I'm think. I'm very pleased about that. When he sings the, uh, but he sings the one part where he says, "You know I'm bound to lose, and gambling is for fools, and that's the way I like it, baby. I don't want to live forever." <laughs> it's, it's really can like, get, can you get this recorded with him doing this? I, I pr- hear this. Yeah, I sh- oh sure, I should actually put it in right here. Future Joe, put in. <laughs> July recording <laughs> put in here, um, yeah. But then, of course, his favorite part because I think he thinks he's talking about Batman and the Joker is don't forget the Joker. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh my throat hurts. I am sick. <laughs> and we laugh. <laughs> yeah. What else? What else can I do? Um, hey, uh, Rob, do we have a, uh, a, uh, do we have a uh, movie philosophy, honey? <laughs> we do have a movie philosophy. <clears throat> Lay it on me. We got, I think we got time for that movie philosophy. Um, okay. So, um, the, the, the interesting way this played in my head is I started thinking about, um, a conversation that, that Eastwood and I have had about a million times that had to do okay. with True Detective. 
Oh, and I guess um, I should set up and, for the uh, listener who hasn't heard this segment. Oh, yeah. uh, 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 Rob will start to describe a uh, philosophy. The good doctor will give us a philosophy. And um, after a while, then, Jeff and I will try to ascertain what movie best represents this philosophy that uh, Rob already has in mind. Um, so, all right, there we go. Yeah. Okay, so... Um, Eastwood and I have talked about this particular philosophy, okay, and it's um, and it's not unique to this particular philosopher. I mean, it goes back to you know Pythagoreanism, Stoicism, so on and so forth. Oh, but bluegrass. Nietzsche, Nietzsche did something really interesting in his book, The Gay Science, and it was a okay. thought experiment, okay. Mm-hmm. And so I'm going to read a quote translated from German to you guys, okay. So, what if someday or night a demon were to steal after you into your loneliest loneliness and say to you, this life as you now live it and have lived it, you will have to live once more and innumerable times more. And there will be nothing new in it. But every pain and every joy and every thought and sigh and every utterly small or great thing in your life will have to return to you all in the same succession and sequence. Would mm-hmm. you not throw yourself down and gnash your teeth and curse the demon who spoke thus? Or, or would you have you experienced a tremendous moment when you have answered him and said, you are a God and never have I heard anything more divine. So Nietzsche comes up with the idea of what he called um, love your fate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, that you must will yourself. In. Like we talked about this with... Um, uh, True Detective. True sure. Detective played with this idea and the symbol of the Ouroboros and all this. Okay, mm-hmm. yeah. Shark. What movie? Did he, was <laughs> I going to say? Did Shark not get it already? <laughs> no, Shark already said it. That's what I was saying. Oh yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. I was going to say. Yeah, okay. yeah, say. got it. <laughs> right? Yeah. It's like, a competition, right? We're so trying to score points. So I... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, and and I want to bring up what what is so great about the Groundhog Day version of it is that it, it's. I mean, I, yeah, ostensibly we go, yes, it's Groundhog Day. But Nietzsche's whole point is that if you accept that this has to happen, right, that it will, mm-hmm. wouldn't you want your life to be so fucking awesome that you would love to yeah, relive it over and over and over and over? Yes, yeah, that yeah. you would be so happy with it. And so notice in the movie, you know, early on as he does this over and over for, I mean, like, you know, if you read some, like, critics on it, they think this goes on for decades, that he's stuck in that day. Yeah, yeah. There's lots um, of yeah. You know, because been he becomes a great piano player. Mm-hmm. He does all this. Stuff. Yeah. And so once he starts doing worthwhile things and sure. not giving a shit about the result, just doing them to do them because they bring joy to him and things like this, then he snaps out of the loop. And yeah, so I mean, I think it's great that this '80s comedy that we all watched as kids really is this great example of. You know, Nietzsche is pushing forth this idea, you know, of the eternal return. I like it. Uh huh. Yeah. Um, also, would be yeah. in that. Also, would be in that vein if it was done correctly. Uh, would have been the Dark Tower, but unfortunately, it was an abortion of a film. <laughs> Don't forget about Freaky Friday. Hey, Freaky Friday. <laughs> Yeah. No, Dark Tower spoilers I mean, like, for uh, spoilers for anyone who hasn't read Dark Tower, and uh, you should have by now. Uh, it's been out for a long time. But uh, at the end of the book, um, and they they tell you over and over, um, they hint over and over throughout the the entire series that Roland has done this uh, many times. He has done this so many times he has forgotten how many times he's done this. Um, and at the end, you realize he's just going to have to do it again. <laughs> But he has <laughs> one crucial thing that he did not have all the previous times and that he has spoken of. Uh, and it's a very... I, I, I personally love the ending of Dark He's Tower. He's got a Dark Tower. Uh, yeah, I love the ending of the Dark Tower. <laughs> a lot of people did not. Um, a lot of people have trouble with King's endings in general. Um, but I liked it because they hinted at it the entire time that if you get to the Dark Tower, all it will do is return you back to when you to, from where you started so your journey begins again and like that's in it in the in the whole thing is the ending was never important it's the journey that mattered anyway the end what's what does the end matter it's you've read this entire thing it's the journey that was important and that's kind of the uh the end of the book and a lot of people hated that <laughs> 
But I did not. Uh, I think it would fall into that category. Hey, I want to ask you this. I'm writing a few things, and uh, the one thing I'm, I shouldn't say one thing, but I'm putting a lot of energy into um, this thing of mine. It takes place in 1896. Um, but yeah, themes, if they're, what kind of, uh, what philosophical uh, theme or idea would you like to see? What do you think would be interesting for me to try to write into a motion picture? So we're going opposite now. We're going the opposite direction. I think right now everything needs to be about epistemic responsibility because okay. clearly we don't have a fucking clue what's going on with <laughs> no, being no, nice yeah. with people. <laughs> I mean, that's what, you know, that's what everything needs to be about right now. Okay. That's uh, a really good question. Mm-hmm. It's a uh, 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 often I write and themes will emerge, and of course, 1890s uh, themes are emerging that would naturally emerge because of the time period and what you know people's mindsets at the time. Uh, but I've been wondering, um, should I uh, should I improve my life's work and try to make it a little more um, thematic and a little more um, meaningful to the times? Um, so yeah, that was a, a okay. So now hang on, you're a legit question. You're talking. You're talking about, so it takes place in 1896? Yes. Give or take a year or two. um, That's interesting. Mm -hmm. Uh, Let me think on this for a second. Because there's a whole... Shark, would you care to elaborate on your uh, your thing? Shark, jump into this while I'm I'm trying uh, to make sure uh, I got the right dates here. Yeah, well, just, uh, you know, I think that that, uh, pretty clearly we're at a point where we need we've turned inwards you know self is uh is where we're looking and uh you, you know there has to be a balance between the collective and the self you know i mean i didn't all of one thing is never really the answer however <clears throat> since we are so far into the self right now it seems like content that uh explains to us our responsibility to not only other individuals that we meet or have interaction with but to our larger communities and world as a whole um, seems to be kind of right on the money right now. Um, you know, if, uh, if what we're talking about is division and things like that, well, let's get together. Let's, you know, and you see that, you know, the good place, uh, you know, don't mm-hmm. look up is, is some of that. I think it's, you know, it's mm-hmm. much more from the preachy side, but, uh, mm-hmm. Ted Lasso, Ted Lasso and the good place, I think are two real good examples of that. Ted Lasso, hmm. especially. Okay. Hmm. Can you weave that into a cosmic horror uh, <laughs> a cosmic <laughs> horror western. Well, yeah. At, at the end, we all, you know, it, we, you have a diverse cast of characters, and you know, at the end, uh, you know, the the moral of the story is is that we overcame the evil by banding together and, uh, you know, using our collective strengths um, to overcome our collective weaknesses. Ah, well, that's pretty much Night of the Living Dead, the original uh, George Romero. Yeah. Uh, 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 horror movie, the original uh, analogy. Uh, uh, which you know that's what that's what good horror should be and that's why I always you know you guys are watching Stranger Things I hope maybe it will open you up to uh, watch some more um, thought provoking horror I'm not wanting you to watch trash I mean I love my trash horror but <laughs> as I say I spent a lot of time not looking at the screen during this season <laughs> it's like oh I can't see that tell me when it's okay <laughs> oh it was too much for you oh yeah 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 for sure Rob you have for any, sure uh, have you thought like of you know if you and I are standing oh. next to each other and, and you cut your arm off with a chainsaw I'm cool <laughs> as a cucumber man I will get you treatment I will make sure that we're at the hospital everything will be fine uh, seeing that on the movie screen oh god it freaks me out I don't know what it is it's <laughs> it, when it's fake it it hits me way worse <laughs> that's funny so so the way I was coming at this Eastwood is Around 1896-ish, mm-hmm. in literary theory, structuralism and semiotics starts taking off as this way of really trying to understand the world we're in. Okay. Um, now, I'll go, you're thinking, well, what the hell does that mean? Yeah, <laughs> so, no, 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 I was going to say, that one, um, went over me. So, for instance, um, Saucier is the one I'm most familiar with, and he starts looking at language. I like, I don't like to, he, <laughs> I was going to make Go a ahead. joke about food. Go ahead. Saucier. Oh, no, no. so when he starts looking at language has to be viewed, um, he called it synchronically. Okay. So it exists in a particular time, and it has to be viewed diachronically that it will change over time. Mm-hmm. Now, I know that doesn't seem like much, but I mean, like, 
these guys are pioneering this theory, like, you know, Saucier's starting to say language doesn't reflect reality, but it constructs it. And well, that's how they're starting it, to look at things like this. It's an explanation hmm. for why we now have the word irregardless. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think they looked at it as a, as a way of actually um, putting around social change and right. trying to actually do good things in the world. Um, it doesn't play out that way by the time we get into the early 20th century. I mean, you think of Germany for this. Mm-hmm. But yeah, 1896 is when that, that movement, structuralism and semiotics, really starts kind of under this idea of new criticisms, what they kind of called it. Mm-hmm. Um, hmm. And I was trying to think, like, there's some there's some interesting stuff in that that maybe can play out in your time when period. When the old criticism just won't do, get yourself a can of new criticism. <laughs> That's right. We are the new originals. <laughs> oh, man. Well, yeah, I, yeah, I, I, mean, I kind of so want to go let me, into... Let me uh, think about that a bit. I kind of want to go into some details of the of the story, but then I feel I might be giving away um, uh, too <laughs> yeah. much of it, really. Um, well, I can tell you these people are all, f- like, um, when it comes to literature, which, I mean, of course, you're doing that, they were obsessed with metaphor, irony, tension, paradox. This is when they start thinking you really need to start ripping the text open and find meaning lying under everything. Ah, I see. I see. Well, there is a lot of underlying me. I'm going for a real. Uh, I don't want to say Malik, but I'm. I'm. It's. It's. There's. A, it's a lot of weird shit. It's like a little Malik, little Cronenberg. Um, a lot of odd stuff happening in it. Um, <laughs> a lot of creepy stuff. Um, a lot of cosmic things. Um, you have people of all uh, Native Americans and uh, sharecroppers. And churchy white folks, kind of all living in a community, essentially, um, and of course of how they're going to uh, come to blows. And then you have a uh, interloper, let's say, who enters this community. You know, given the time, well, any time frame also lends itself well, and it's always a good moral of any story. All life is suffering, and all suffering is desire. Well, oh yeah, yeah. I mean, that's uh, hmm. This could be along those lines. I don't know if people are interested in this or not. I say we should uh, probably <laughs> no, get to... Uh, I'm interested. Sorry, I'm sitting here looking at popular literature that was being published in 1896 because it's oh, always a way you. to like, try to look at the zeitgeist of the time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, like, the, for instance... Uh, zeitgeist of 1896. Gilded oh, Age also, imperialism. Well, <laughs> like the island of Dr. Moreau is published. You know huh? what I mean? Yeah, like yes, that, yes, I that, saw that's that. A very, mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a very interesting way to look up. Chekhov puts out the seagull. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Paul Lawrence Dunbar's poetry is getting published. There is also okay. a... Um, we were two years away from whipping Spain's ass. No. <laughs> <laughs> There's also a flashback um, to, uh, what's it called, Jeff? The uh, Battle of uh, Lookout Mountain. Oh, right, right. Mm-hmm. There's yeah. a flashback to that with uh, uh, Hooker and uh, uh, a few people from history. Um, okay, uh, I'm looking up the Battle of Lookout Mountain because I've never heard of it. And the scene. Yeah, Chattanooga campaign. Yeah, I got the Battle cracker. I got the, November uh, 24th, 1863, Chattanooga right. campaign. I got the cracker Major line General worked into Joseph it. Joseph Hooker uh, defeated Confederate forces commanded by M.A.J. Major, it doesn't say who, Major... Okay. Anyway. Chain, chain, very think, cool. Like uh, but yeah. Anyway, so that's in the movie as well. And when I say a flashback, it's not like two minutes. It's like a twenty-minute chapter within the movie. Nice. Um, nice. Nice. So uh, that. Uh, but anyway, keep that in mind if you. Uh, oh shit! About I want to tell you guys something I saw funny this morning that's related to Maverick and movies and all this. <laughs> right. So there's a scene. No, seriously, you guys will like this. There's a scene. Um, which wasn't as ham-fisted in for me, but he has all the recruits out on the beach playing football. It's right. parallel, you know, to the volleyball scene. Right, right. So, you know, they all got to have their shirts off. They get done shooting the scene, and all the actors have been starving themselves, you know, for like days to be as ripped as possible. Mm-hmm. So they go out that night to celebrate, and they're eating like pizza, ice oh, cream, yeah, right, beer. Right, right. They yeah. are just loading up, and they come in the next morning, and Cruz told them that the shots didn't work. He wasn't happy with it, and they're going to have to reshoot the whole thing. 
<laughs> so all of them had to go into like a four day boot camp, like get lose everything. Like I'm not kidding. I, like I was dying laughing reading about this that they were all like, "Fuck!" Oh no! <laughs> I thought it was gonna be. A, I thought it was gonna be a practical joke, but I, I guess not. No, 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 no. He, seriously, he came back and he's like, "It didn't work. We didn't get the shots we needed." And of course, you know, he would he wouldn't do that, you know what I mean? But um they were you know, they're all young and they want to have fun, so they went yeah. out like calories. We're just gonna put calories in our body. <laughs> oh man. Oh man. Uh, yeah, so I thought that was pretty great. I feel like my timer uh stopped working or something. I feel like we're about out of time, but I have no idea if that's right. Uh all right, I can see. tell you we're at about an hour and ten minutes. Yeah, we probably talked for probably ten minutes before that. No, no, so. no, no, no. We're at fifty-eight minutes. We're at fifty-eight minutes, I think, roughly. Oh, okay. For okay, so we're about yeah. Now that I think about, it, I think we're around fifty-eight, fifty-seven minutes. Okay, so we are then done for the radio show. I think my timer got stuck. So anyway, very professional. Uh, we'll be here <laughs> next week, but we will keep going for the podcast for just a few minutes. All right, see you next time, everybody. Adios. Uh. Yeah, it was, it we're was, on the podcast now? Yeah, we're just podcast now. So, Ah, oh, motherfucker. Thank God. <laughs> <laughs> I can blow my nose. Take another fucking right. off. Right. Oh. <laughs> mm. does, any, does, anybody have a, um, does anybody have a lozenge? <laughs> I got a fisherman's friend over here, man. How have lozenge. you ever used those? What's that? Oh, my God. Fisherman's friend. I love them. Yeah. I mean, they're the worst tasting thing that's ever been invented, right. but they they but work so well. If that, you got to sing and yeah, and your yep. throat's full of gunk and hurts, uh, they they look like a fucking dog piece of dog food. And I, <laughs> yeah, if but if yeah, dog food tasted that powerful. way, dogs would all starve to death. <laughs> they taste so bad. Um, you oh, they're used, horrible. But you get used oof. to it after a while, and um, it's very it's so soothing though. It will get you through a a night of singing for sure. Oh yeah, fisherman's yeah, friend. Yeah, they absolutely. sell them at the uh, DG. Um, pretty nasty stuff. Uh, let's see. Uh, what else was there? Oh yeah. I, ah, no, I can save that. Um, you guys I have ever not... noticed though that buying stuff at DG is kind of like getting stuff off Wish? Um, <laughs> so, like, uh, you know, I'm, I smoke pretty much everywhere, and uh, so I needed to buy some air freshener, and I usually get that Osium stuff. So I grabbed a can of it at the at the DG, and I was just you know spraying it, and it was like. Man, I, this something smells like perfume, you know. It's fast. It's like you wearing cologne or something, you know. It's like no, no, nobody's got you know anything on. And it was like I got this osium blue cobalt or something. Um, or you ever guys ever noticed that the stuff you get mm-hmm. at DG's like not quite the same as you would get at Walmart? Oh well, yeah, sure. <laughs> it's, it looks mm-hmm. the same mostly, but it's yeah. not quite though. That's, that goes for like uh, that goes for like Pringles, like print cans of Pringles. Like there's, oh, yeah. there, there's something just a little different about them. They're like it's, a little thicker right. or something. <laughs> um, let's see here, Rob. Do you have? I was going to ask you guys. I haven't seen uh, the Obi One show. I don't know if you guys. I have, have not seen yet it. either. Holden and I are going to watch them today. The first two. Okay. Yeah, I haven't seen that yet. I hear, unfortunately, there's a bunch of racist Star Wars people that are. Uh, hating on a character or something. So, oh, I uh, just saw a little bit of that this morning, Eastwood. Yeah, um, were they they the characters too diverse? I guess so. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, this is said it, it like Ian McKellen had a or not? What's his name? Ian McGregor said uh, you know he had a little video about like if you're a star, uh, if you're a racist, you are not a Star Wars fan. Like it's all about um, diversity or whatever. Anyway. I don't know what's going, yeah, going they, on there. They talked about all the diversity in that universe of everything. They're like, how can well, you? I, I was going to yeah. say, yeah, I mean, kind of this. seems like science fiction in general is is like anti racism, isn't yeah. it? I mean, and that, the, yeah, it's I all mean, unless you're allegory. unless your movie's like, hey, white guys are going to take over the whole fucking universe. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you know, somebody found something on Uranus, so we're killing all these motherfuckers <laughs> out there. Yeah, and which yeah. is what would happen if we had the ability, of course. But wow. you know. Uh, sure. Hey, Rob, do you have Elon's a Elon's re- trying to help him. No, he's trying. You have a, I do have a review. review. Let's get that review out, I do. and uh, we'll uh, wrap this baby up. Yeah, okay, so here we go. Uh, I, I, I haven't read it. I immediately, I just, I see them when they come in off the interwebs. That's right. And off the teletype. 
By the and way, go to our website or, or go to our Facebook page, 20 and 21. Leave us a good review there. We'll <laughs> read it on air. All right. So uh, here we go. All right. Here's to the oncoming summer and giving your uncle a Hummer. Am Whoa. I right, boys? <laughs> that seems like an expensive gift to buy a Humvee and give it to your uncle. But I, I don't mean, think that's what he's talking about. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. It's expensive gift no matter how you cut it. <laughs> Don't cut it. Here's to mowing the yard and mowing it hard. Am I right, boys? I don't know what that means. If you're going to mow. Here's to burning your bras and breaking the laws. Am I right, boys? (laughs) Here's to taking a dump on the front lawn and doing it for the long con. Am I right? What is the con that you're shitting in your yard for? Let Let me do that again, boys. Here's to taking a dump on the front lawn. And doing it for the long, long con. con. Am I right, boys? I don't, know <laughs> oh, here we go. I don't know if he is. Okay, here we go, Sharky. You ready? Ready. The long con is to get enough feces in the yard, both pet and human, that my neighbors are left with no option but to pack up and move out. <laughs> nice. Okay. Understand okay. now. Yeah, don't okay, don't disagree depending it. on circumstances. Yeah. There could be a lot yeah. more stuff he could be doing. Uh, yeah. It worked for Amber Heard and Johnny Depp. Why not for old Jackie? <laughs> <laughs> um, here's to shitting in the bed because the toilet done got fed. Am I right, boys? <laughs> I heard that. Amber heard that. <laughs> here's the zoo. Here's sorry, I'm already laughing. Here's to going to the zoo to get high on that precious zoo poo. Am I right, boys? No. Mm, stanky. That's Jack. Zoo poo. Zoo poo. Um, here's to going to the zoo just to practice my kung fu. Am I right, boys? <laughs> <laughs> the howler monkeys be lightning fast, yo. <laughs> they sound like dogs. Warm weather. Here's to bring in the warm weather, like my favorite ass tickling feather. Am I right, boys? You Not know wrong. I am like peanut butter in your jam. Eight stars, Jackie. Am I right, Johnson? All right, Johnson, Johnson. Johnson. Well, that's Eight stars. The way. Boy, I just love when Jackie brings the heat. He brings he it and he goes out of the box. Uh, he is our guy. <laughs> uh, thanks for listening, everybody. We'll see you next time. Later on. Peace. <laughs>